Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host, and today we're so fortunate to have Debbie Hume with us. This is Debbie's third podcast with us, so welcome, Debbie. I'm so glad you're back here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and so if you missed the first two, go back and listen. They all deal with a special needs ministry that Debbie has started here at a church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Man of Church, and so it's a great ministry and a great couple podcasts, so go back and listen to that. It's a whole different topic. Today, though, we're actually talking with Debbie about interactive metronome. So during that first two podcasts, we were talking about the fact that you're using interactive metronome in your current practice, which is Neuro Pathways to Learning, a business that you have here in Fayetteville. And so I was like, oh, wait a second, we need to talk about this interactive metronome because I'm fascinated by this. I'm just going to have to be honest on the front side and say, I don't know a ton about this type of therapy. I'm fascinated by it. I know enough to know to be dangerous and to want to know more. So this is an opportunity for me, as well as all those who are listening, to learn more. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you so much. I did a little bit of introduction, but could you just explain maybe some of your background and also talk a little bit about your business, Neuro Pathways to Learning, and kind of what you do there and how you use the interactive metronome? Okay. I started off as a registered nurse in pediatrics and then went on to get a master's degree in education with a specialty in learning disabilities and then became an educational therapist. I worked in various Christian schools doing educational therapy, and then my husband and I moved to Thailand, and we worked with special needs children, and I was the director of the special needs division of a Christian school for missionary children in Thailand for seven years. It was at that time that I was introduced to interactive metronome and used interactive metronome with many, many students in that school. When we completed our work in Thailand, we came back to the States and I went back for further training in biofeedback, neurofeedback, and quantitative EEG brain mapping and got certifications in that and then opened up a private practice here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where I incorporate all of those modalities, including interactive metronome. Thank you, Debbie. That's good. There's lots of podcasts in there too, but today we're focusing on interactive metronome. <laughs> so baby steps for me. All right. So Debbie, why don't you first just explain to me and everyone else, what is interactive metronome? Give us a good definition and tell us what it's about. Okay. Well, interactive metronome is a patented computer-based non-invasive assessment and training tool. It works on a neural timing network of the brain and often can be called in layman's terms, the internal clock. Unlike other music or rhythm therapies, this technology measures and provides real-time feedback in millisecond timing. Training in milliseconds improves brain synchronization and neural efficiency. So, like, I know what a metronome is. I think piano and click, 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 you know, yes. I think, mm-hmm. so that's what I understand to be a metronome to be. I mean, is that what we're talking about? A click, 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 click? They call it interactive metronome because it's an interactive modality. Interactive metronome is interactive. They use a metronome base, meaning the timing and synchrony in milliseconds of training, but it's interactive in that the child is actively moving and doing different activities depending on who's doing it, what their background is as far as whether they're an occupational therapist or a speech and language pathologist, an educator, a physician, a physical therapist, whatever therapist they're working with will use interactive metronome in an interactive way with their clients to see them get better. 
it's training the internal clock Mm -hmm. of the individual's brain on various levels, depending on how it's utilized. So we know through research that brain synchronization and neural efficiency help people to learn, help people to walk better. It helps with balance. It helps with gait. Mm -hmm. It helps with their thinking process, their processing speed. It helps to alleviate inattention and attention issues. Knowing where your body is in space or paying attention to where your body is in space as you're moving. Would that also apply? Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lots of little kiddos I treat have a few issues with body and space and also just attention to how their body and their movements affect maybe others in the classroom. A lot of those little people trip over other people or they'll run into people, run into things. Some of that's the impulsivity that you're talking about that maybe yes. interactive mm-hmm. mentoring would help with. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to know what it improves? I would love to know what it improves. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, that's a good time for this. Bring it home. <laughs> interactive metronome is utilized by different therapists to Mm -hmm. improve motor control and coordination, Mm -hmm. attention and concentration, impulsivity, processing speed, language processing, reading, balance and gait, endurance and strength, Hmm. academic performance, motor skills for independent living. And those are for people who have had strokes, mostly Mm -hmm. older adults Mm -hmm. and fine and gross motor skills. Those are just some of the things that interactive metronome can address. And it's utilized for Anywhere from young children, six months of age, on a, to the oldest adult. Wow. Because we all need that inner timing and rhythm to be efficient in our brain. And so if there have been infants with some sort of neurological insults sure. or right. challenges, it can help to reorganize the neural network in young children. And in older adults, it's used primarily for those who have had strokes and have mobility issues or a risk of falling to help them with the timing of their steps when they're walking to help prevent falls. It would look so different in a baby compared to an adult, the yes. type of therapy. Talking about the six-month-olds or your younger clients or little people. A lot of the people we treat are babies who were born prematurely and may have had an interventricular hemorrhage, IVH. And so those little people can have a grade one, two, three, four. It presents itself so differently in all those little babies who are born prematurely. Yes. And also maintenance of state, an alert state, sleep state. Just being able to maintain and manage your state is a challenge sometimes for our little babies who are preemies, mm-hmm. you know, and other of our little people as well. Mm -hmm. But I can see how this type of therapy could potentially help a child who may have those types of issues or just maintain an alert, ready state to learn. In children that young, you would actually do the therapy hand over hand because interactive metronome does clapping and tapping exercises with the hands and with the feet and with the heels and bilateral coordination type exercises. And so the children that young can't do that independently. And so they would be sitting in the lap of the therapist and the child would have headphones on listening to the tone that's over the headphones that they have to clap or tap to. And the therapist would also have headphones on to hear the same thing that the child is. And the therapist would be hand over hand clapping to the beat with that child and doing whatever other exercises that they would want to do to incorporate along with the timing piece. And so to keep a child motivated this that young, could you like tap instruments together? Does it have to be the hands or the feet or can you tap other parts of the body? Does it have to be hands? Yes, you can tap all kinds of areas on the body, but typically it's both hands, right hand, left hand, Gotcha. both toes, right toe, left toe, both heels, right heel, left heel, and then right hand, left foot, 
left hand, right foot. I mean, those are the basic exercises that they recommend. But say, for example, you being a speech and language pathologist and you want to use interactive metronome for language purposes, you might have the ABCs on a wall and they could be scattered all over the wall with Velcro or sticky tack or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just say to the child, okay, we want you to learn your alphabet progression and we want you to do it in a timed fashion. And so I want you to search and find the letters of the alphabet. And with every beat, I want you to go to the next letter and say it out loud. And so they go A, B, C, you know, and you can have it in a linear fashion where they're just touching it and going across, or you can have them scattered where they have to use their vision and their visual discrimination to find it and then tap it. It's just depending on what you're targeting, but use that timing ability to help strengthen that. And so For example, I'm working with a student that has some auditory processing challenges and some short-term auditory memory challenges. This is an older child. So once he gets the rhythm down really, really well, and he's gone from a deficient range of being able to clap and tap to the beat to a superior level, I know, okay, he's got the rhythm. Now let's add complexity and let's target that auditory processing piece. So while he's clapping and tapping, I'll say, let's do a number progression. And I want you to count by threes going forward to this number. All right, now let's count backwards or give me all the words that you know that rhyme with cat Mm. or give me any word that starts with the letter C. And so I'm just trying to get some retrieval, you know, and some automaticity of finding it in his mental filing cabinet and bringing it out. To speed up that processing. Yes. Yeah, because he's got to do it with the timing of the beat. Yes. Got it. And so we can start off with a slower tempo and then we can move it up to a faster tempo. And so now the student is getting so good that I have to add additional complexity. So he's tapping quickly And he's having to say all these things that I'm asking him to do. And he's bouncing a ball at the same time to to every other beat. So he might be doing his right hand up against his thigh and he's tapping. And then from there with his left hand, he's bouncing a ball with every other beat while he's talking to me and thinking. Because one of the challenges when I'm working with kids who have processing deficits that I've noticed, and, and lots of kids who have lots of other issues as well, but comes back to some processing, is they have so much trouble with retrieving the right answer. And in the classroom, they've got little Johnny over here who's fuddling in his book bag and Susie who's you know mm-hmm. messing with her pencil box or whatever. And they can't sometimes block out all of this other and retrieve the information to give to the teacher. And so I could see how bouncing the ball or tapping your thigh and saying the answer, to me, it seems like that would correspond to help all of that other, that's a huge challenge for kids with processing skills. As hard as a speech therapist going into the classroom, you you can work on the processing stuff and you can work on the information and getting the main idea and all of that and using the right verbs and prepositions, all that kind of stuff. But then how do you help them with blocking all this noise and distraction out so they can really focus and that makes sense? Well, the first thing, especially with a child that has attention issues, I work on impulsivity first, Mm -hmm. impulsivity and timing. And we can see that very clearly in the pre and post testing that we do. Right. Because typically when a child starts to do the clapping exercises, they have to be accurate within 15 milliseconds of the true beat. Mm. And that's a very narrow window Mm -hmm. of accuracy. Mm -hmm. And so we test them in the beginning and then we test them midway and then we test them at the end. And what I look at and the results that I get are the percentage of the times that they're too early and the percentage of the times that they're too late in that 
segment of when they're doing their clapping exercises. Right. So it helps me. And typically children with attention issues also have impulsivity issues. And almost always, like 80% of the time, their beats are going to be too soon Mm. because they're anticipating the beat coming. And so they're impulsive in that way. And so my goal for them is by the midway point of our training, we would be able to see a shift from too early to being super right on or even a little bit late because sometimes they have to swing in the other extreme before they get to the middle. And so that's typically what we see. And that's a sign of progress that we've been able to diminish that degree of impulsivity in that individual. So one of our therapists in conjunction with you, Debbie, did a class on sensory deficits. And so we've talked in this podcast about a child who's an under-responder and a child Mm -hmm. who's an over-responder. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, for all those little over-responders, all that impulsivity. And so for OTs who have sensory deficits and who are the over-responders and who definitely have some impulsivity areas, Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. So that helps slow them down and listen to their body and attend. And the beat sort of helps them, I guess, be more in tune with their body and what's happening Mm -hmm. and then respond. And then the under-responders, it helps them sort of speed up. Like, oh, I got to say something. Here comes the beat. I got to get on it. You know, mm-hmm. and so there's applications for all that for OT. I'm getting it, Debbie. I'm getting it. It makes me so excited. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. I'm getting it. Okay. But for a speech therapist, I'm thinking this is great because it'll help our little over responders, our impulsive kids, you know, wait, what's happening? Somebody's saying something to you. What does it mean? And then wait, listen to the answer and then respond. Because a lot of times our little impulsive kiddos, they're echolalic. And so if I say to them, hey, do you want the green ball or the red ball? Green, red, mm-hmm. green, red ball. You know, they'll just repeat. They're not really listening to what I'm saying. They're just so impulsive. They're not really responding. So I could see the application for that. And the under responders, I'm like, do you want the green ball or the red ball? And then there's wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could see them speeding up with the answer. Mm-hmm. Am I getting it? For children with sensory processing dysregulation, it can help with the neural efficiency of the brain trying to regulate itself. Yes. It gives better neural efficiency to be able to self-regulate. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I said, but not nearly as good as you said. (laughs) I talked about the functional outcome, but I get it. I'm with you. That makes sense to me. That's what you're doing. Yes, I get that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're a parent of a child or if you're a therapist of a child and you're working with this little person that's a year to 18 months old, how would you know to recommend interactive metronome to this family? What signs are you looking for to say, ooh, this might be a good approach for this child? Just because I'm fascinated by this overall, but I'd never thought about it for a child that young. And so I don't know as a therapist, if I'm working with a little person who's 18 months or two years of age, how would I know to recommend interactive metronome? Is it their certain birth history and maybe they did have an IVH or they're all over the place? The attention span is just ultimate short, which is already short for a two-year-old anyway, you know, or, well, the reason I would be working with a child who's two is because they're not talking. How would Mm -hmm. I recognize, hey, this also might be a good type of therapy to try? Are there telltale signs? I haven't worked with the real young children, but I know several of my colleagues have, and it's typically where there's a neurological insult of some kind. Okay. And you know that there's a window of time Mm -hmm. between birth and say age seven, where there's a lot of neurological pruning of the neurons, because when a child is born, they have way too many neurological connections, and then the brain wants to be as efficient as possible. So in those first number of early years, the brain begins pruning the excess so that the brain can be much more efficient. And so if we recognize that this child has had some sort of neurological insult, then there's going to be some dysregulation in the brain because of that insult or injury. 
and therefore by being proactive and initiating a therapy of this nature, it can help the brain be able to synchronize itself more efficiently in the early stages and not have to wait until they're in elementary school and there's already a lot of stuff going on that's conflicting with their ability to learn in the classroom. Got it. So you're looking at really more birth history and if there was a neurologic insult, which applies to a lot of our little people. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've talked around this a little bit, but just by a lot of what you've said, the training sessions really are not the same. They look very different. I'm just assuming they don't look the same, but could you sort of speak to that for a few minutes about how they may look different and how that works? Well, the basics of interactive metronome training is a client will wear headphones mm-hmm. or they can listen through speakers if they have sensitivities to having headphones on. If you know yep. some of our little kids can't tolerate headphones you can do it through speakers okay. and they will hear a cowbell sounding tone and then they will clap or tap to the set rhythm with a hand or a foot trigger and auditory guide sounds or visual guides on the computer screen promote immediate real-time feedback, mm-hmm. telling them how close they are being to the super right on, which is within 15 milliseconds of the tone. And then this feedback helps them to refine their timing and rhythm to get more in sync. And then thousands of repetitions of time rhythmical movement is practiced to strengthen important connections on both sides of the brain. You know, some people say, well, you do so many sessions, you know, and then it'll get better. But I look at the number of repetitions. Mm -hmm. So the more repetitions, the more success you're going to have. And so for me, with students with attentional issues, I've kind of carved out and said, you know, if they have, say, for example, 40,000 repetitions, then I know that we've really done a deep work in helping them with their impulsivity and their attention. Mm. Now, depending on the severity of the condition that the individual or the client comes to you with will determine how many repetitions that you might need to do in order to feel successful. And, you know, for little children, they can't tolerate a long time of training. Mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with a toddler, you might work with them for 15 minutes and you're done. Right. And you might get maybe 2000 repetitions in. Well, not even that many. But if you have a child that's 10 years old, you can work with them for a full hour and you can get 10 times the amount of repetitions. So I don't look at it as how many sessions I look at it, how many repetitions we use. Right. And so the basics are all going to be the same. But what you add to this basic training will depend on the type of training you have and what type of a therapist you are. So an occupational therapist might have a child sitting on a ball for a vestibular balance while they do the hand clapping to help strengthen that vestibular sense. Or they could have a child swinging on a swing and they could be hand clapping because we have corded and we have wireless triggers. So you Mm -hmm. can use either one. Mm -hmm. So a child could be somewhere in the room and still be clapping and tapping and doing different things. And even for language, I saw a video of a therapist that was working with oral motor with a child and she had the child fill her mouth with gum. Uh And every time she chewed and bit down on the gum, her little hand would tap. And so she was tapping and chewing at the same time or wiggling her tongue back and forth. So there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this yeah, and use a lot of creativity. So interactive metronome itself doesn't tell you how to go about doing it within the context of your own private practice. 
They just give you the basic tools and then you use your own creativity to apply it. See, Debbie, I just love that because what that really allows for is the collaboration among therapists. So it's different than just co-training where if I go in a therapy session with another therapist, everybody brings in their goals and they each work on their individual thing with a child. We just happen to be working in parallel with one child. It's the version of co-treatment. But actually what we're talking about here is the collaboration and everybody working together and bringing the area they're knowledgeable in together to treat the whole child. And see, I love that, this interactive metronome, because a speech therapist can use it, an OT can use it, an educator could use it, a doctor can use it. It just naturally allows for all that collaboration. It's one modality, but everybody brings their area of expertise, and then they collaborate to come up with the best plan to help this child improve. I love that. That's great. So every session with interactive metronome, it's individual to the particular child or the patient is catered to them. So, and I like the fact that how many times a week you do it or how long the therapy session is, is all catered to that patient. Is that accurate? That's correct. Yes. So tell me the types of professionals that actually would use interactive metronome. I get the speech people. I get the OTs. Who else would use this? Music therapists, Mm -hmm. educators, Mm -hmm. certified athletic trainers, Mm. Rehab and mental health professionals like psychologists and medical and chiropractic professionals Mm. or neurologists can also use this. Mm. So for the certified athletic trainers, talk to me a little bit about that. For our PTs, a lot of our kids are young adults, teenagers who come in with injuries and all kinds of different various things. So can you talk to us a little bit about the application for sports use or athletic use and how that would look? Sure. I've worked with several athletes, basketball players, Yeah, those are the ones that happen to come to me are basketball players. (laughs) So what we'll do is the types of movements that we use when we're clapping or tapping are more geared to the movements that a basketball player would use. And Mm. so, like I said once before, they could be clapping or tapping with one hand while they're bouncing a ball with Mm -hmm. the other hand. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we do both hands together where they're just clapping, Then we do different dance movements so that they're moving their feet in different directions and crossing the midline with their feet and doing, you know, steps that a basketball player would need to be coordinated in his feet as well, because basketball players have to be accurate in their visual perception of, you know, where the basket is and then the accuracy to place the ball in the basket. But there's footwork involved in basketball playing as well. There's stability and they have to know where they are in space and they have to move their feet quickly. And so we just do a lot of movement of the feet and of the hands and arms and, you know, having them reaching and touching things like way over here and way over there to the timed beat. And all the athletes that I've worked with have said that it has really improved their game. They get many more baskets Mm -hmm. because they just are more precise in their timing. When you would think that when you're dealing with athletes that they would have all this timing and that all that would be what I call lockdown. If mm-hmm. they're athletic, you assume that they're very coordinated yes. and they wouldn't need this. But professional athletes use this right. for the purpose of sharpening their game to yeah. making them even better at what they do. We'll get little people or not little people. These are big people that come in where they repeatedly are rolling their ankles and they're spraining their ankles all the time. So our physical therapists are working with kids. And a lot of times, you know, I'll also hear coaches saying, you know, you got to play tighter. You got to play tighter, play smaller or control your body, that kind of thing. Or they're playing out of control. Like they're everywhere. So Mm -hmm. I can see how this would help them sort of not get more compact in terms of getting smaller, but get more compact and efficient and more effective with their movement. Yes. And that's what we call gait training. And there's a special element within interactive metronome where they train those people who are working with clients that have gait issues. Hmm. And it's mostly the older population, you know, adults and older adults. 
So Debbie, how mobile is this equipment? Could you use it in the classroom? Could you roll it up and down the hallways of a school? You said that some kids have to use headphones and the other kids, you know, you do it with speakers. So where do you see this type of therapy and how mobile is it? It's very mobile. There is an MCU, which is a small square box Mm -hmm. that hooks into your computer. And then you hook the headphones into that little box, whether you need it or not, or you can put in speakers on either side of your computer if you don't need the headphones. And then you just have a small hand device, a hand trigger and a foot trigger. And that's all it is. It's very compact. And in fact, when you purchase the equipment, it comes in a very small bag that's about two feet by a foot and a half, a padded bag to have all your supplies and everything in there. So it's very, very portable. There are some schools that have a number of units and they have, I believe it's in Florida, there was a whole Christian Catholic school that had a really good sports team in football. Mm -hmm. And so they bought a whole bunch of units of interactive metronome and had all the athletes use interactive metronome. And whenever students had major tests, they would do interactive metronome. So they would have whole classrooms of children doing it to improve their scores on tests and improve their athletic ability. That's cool. So you could use it in a class with a speaker with a whole class engaged in an activity. Could you do that? It would be best if all the children had their own headphones on and had their own computer in front of them because it's individualized. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. You would typically see this in a pediatric therapy practice, mm-hmm. in an inpatient or outpatient rehab in a hospital, home health care, in a vision or music therapy practice. Right. Like we said, schools, universities, high schools, professional athletic programs. And we also offer in-home training. They have mm. an I am home unit. Wow. So there are some families because of their schedule or whatever that it's not convenient for them to come into someone else's office. Right. That would be more efficient for them to be able to do this with their own child at home. So Interactive Metronome will sell families an I am home unit, which is just a smaller version of what the clinical version is. They give you the headphones and the little box that you hook into your computer, but an interactive metronome therapist that's trained to do I am home actually puts together the plan. She'll meet or he will meet with the family, talk to them, find out what the purpose of them purchasing this is for and what outcomes they want. And then the therapist will develop the plan that the child will do at home and will monitor it via the cloud. And so whenever the child does a particular training program, the therapist just automatically gets an email, says, oh, so-and-so did a training today and click on this button and then you can see how they did. Mm. And so long distance, I can be monitoring and still training, but not actually in the same room. So the parent is supervising that and making sure that the child does it correctly. I was going to ask how carryover to home looked. So that's one way you could do it. And so why would a family choose that if they just can't make it in or maybe they're too far from anybody who's trained, that kind of thing? The remoteness of their location to a therapist that does this, or it could be that there's a medically fragile child, Mm -hmm. or if it's an older person with poor mobility It's just not convenient for them to be able to go somewhere and it would be better if they're capable of doing it at home. Not everyone is a candidate for I am home, but it's very often used with a child, for instance, who has attention deficit disorder 
And the family just has multiple children with multiple activities. And it's just another yet appointment they have to go to. Right. Especially if the family is homeschooling, it works really, really well because they just incorporate that into their homeschool day. Sure, I could see that. And the therapist doesn't have to do any hand over hand or anything like that. It's just a matter of completing the training parent just clicks on this icon on their computer and it pops right up for the child. And there's a demonstration of someone like a little video showing how to do this particular clapping exercise. So it's all self-explanatory. And it says, you know, okay, now we're going to do clapping and it's going to be for this amount of time, like one minute or two minutes. And this is going to be the tempo. And so they see all of that and then they just press go. And then the tone starts going and then they do their exercise and then that stops. And then they click on go again for the next exercise. And so for, say, a child that's 10 years old and has maybe a learning disability or some attention issues, we might plan a 30-minute exercise program for them. And they might have eight different exercises they're going to do for maybe two or three minutes at a time. And so that's kind of what that would look like for a home situation. And then the mom would just have to be in the room or the parent be in the room and observing them to make sure that they're, you know, not goofing off and that they're doing what the computer is showing them should be done. Yeah. So you'd have to have some really good family involvement to keep it going and to stay on the schedule. Because I'm sure, like you said, you have to do this on a regular basis. And so it's not something you do once a month or once a week. Well, you find follow the plan that whoever set up. So you'd have to have someone who was able to follow the plan and stay on course. And then when things need to be changed up, whoever was trained to change it and just basically write a new plan of care and say, okay, now we're starting this. So that makes sense because with technology, the way that it is, it's so much easier now to connect with people who are further away and you don't have to necessarily be in the same room. And we have FaceTime and WebEx and GoToMeeting and Skype. So even if somebody who was IM trained wanted to observe the session, in addition to the email that they got, they certainly could do that electronically. And it sounds like it's an option for people where maybe it didn't used to be. That's awesome. That's, That's a really nice resource. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Debbie, what do you recommend for people who are coming for interactive metronome? How many times per week? How long per session? What's the general recommendation? General recommendation is three times a week for about 30 minutes. So it's a little bit of a commitment. Yes. And then I guess you cater that the 30 minutes or 15 or an hour based on the patient after you get them in and decide what they need. Their tolerance and their endurance to be able to handle that much, yes. Are there any contraindications for interactive metronome, like who you wouldn't recommend it for? Yes, there are three contraindications. One Mm -hmm. is if a client has a documented seizure disorder, we should always consult the physician first. There have been no documented cases of interactive metronome training contributing to seizures but caution is always warranted. Sure. People who have seizures, I'm always very cautious with anything because sure. it's a scary situation. And the other contraindication may mm-hmm. be if an individual has a particular vestibular sensitivity to pitch and the timbre of sounds mm-hmm. that travel to the inner ear via the semicircular canals, and that becomes very disorienting or overwhelming to them at times. And other therapies like occupational therapy may help to improve that tolerance of their vestibular information first before attempting the interactive metronome. So if you know that this child has a particular sensitivity to pitch and timber, Mm -hmm. let the occupational therapist work with them first to sort of desensitize some of that and then you can proceed with interactive metronome. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with therapeutic listening, but maybe Mm -hmm. that type of therapy would help prior to. Right. And then the third would be an orthopedic patient or someone in neurological rehab. If they have a particular inflammation or pain or edema in their joints, it would be better to wait until some of that inflammation gets Mm -hmm. under control 
because it could be very uncomfortable for them to be able to do clapping and tapping. Oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. All three of the people that may be in those categories, that would be something you'd watch out for. And it's not necessarily that it's going to harm them, but it could be uncomfortable for them. Sure. Again, not therapeutic and they wouldn't make any advances and there you go. Yes. So how do you become someone who's trained and can provide this type of therapy? Well, if you go to the website, which is www.interactivemetronome.com, mm -hmm. they will list on the website all of the training seminars in your area where you could be trained or you could do a self-study course and take their exam. Mm. There are four types of certification. You have a basic certification that's a one-day seminar. And then they also have pediatric best practice where they just target the pediatric population and how to work creatively with them. They have adult best practice for older adults and also a fall risk reduction program that they oh. offer specialized training in. And that's a lot more related to physical therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what type of a therapist you are and what your population is would determine, you know, what type of training you would want to pursue. Everyone does the basic, and then from there, you can take the advanced courses in pediatric or adult. So if somebody bought this program for the house, I'm just talking about like if a parent or a oh, guardian parent. said, hey, okay. I want to buy one of these units and do the home unit program. Right. Would you also recommend that they take the basic training or as long as they have someone who's working with them, they're okay? A consumer may go on the website mm -hmm. and buy the equipment. However, they will be assigned an IM provider gotcha. that would work with them remotely. They can't just buy the equipment and use it. They have to have a therapist who will be working side by side with them. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know for safety of the patients and that kind of thing. If you bought the equipment at home, if you also had to take the basic also. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. But everybody has to do the basic. So that's like the basic course. Right. And really to provide the therapy, you'd have to do the basic and then also the pediatric if that was your practice or the adult or the fall risk reduction program. Got it. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound that intensive to do that. It's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. 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 They talk about the history and about the equipment and sure. all about neurological synchrony and regulation and why it does what it does and how it does what it does and then gives you some, you know, suggestions on how you could utilize it depending on what your practice is. So is this equipment a big expense? The equipment is about $6,000. That's not too bad, really. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. In the scheme of therapy equipment, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And depending on your fee schedule as a therapist, you could recoup that cost with just four or five clients. Does the insurance usually reimburse for this? Yes. Depending on your license. Yeah. So if you're a speech therapist, I would call this a modality that you would use. Yes. And speech therapist, usually modality is not one of the words we use in therapy. Yeah, that's a PTOT thing, like the hot cold pack and that kind of stuff. But is that the right way to rephrase and use this? Yeah. There are CPT codes for interactive metronome, mm -hmm. depending on the type of therapist you are. Yes. Gotcha. In the manual that they give you when you're training, they list all the CPT codes that you could use for insurance purposes. Now, if you're an educator like myself, right. I have to be private pay because as an educator and as a nurse, insurance won't reimburse. Yeah, I could see that. But then the family, if they wanted to, they could try to build the insurance themselves. Maybe. I don't know if they would get paid for it or not, but sometimes I've seen where some families were able to get reimbursed. If it's medical, yes. If it's educational, no. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And being an educational therapist, mm -hmm. even though I have a registered nurse's license, it still falls under education. That's good information to have for parents who are out there and working and doing and looking for different options for kids and for therapists who are looking for different modalities and things to use to best support their caseload. 
So Debbie, now tell us how and why you got interested in this, because you've got a pretty diverse background. You know, you're a registered nurse and with director of a school for children with special needs in Thailand. So how did Interactive Metronome happen for you? We were like, oh, I think that sounds good. I'll just try that. That's not how it happened. No, it? it didn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> My own child had some special needs with attention deficit disorder, and he had some specialized testing and neurological evaluation. And one of the recommendations for him was to have interactive metronome. And I thought, well, this is something new I'm not familiar with. So I looked it up on the internet and I learned a lot about it. And I thought, oh, that's really, really interesting. However, we're living in Thailand at the time and there's nobody in Thailand that's doing it. So I said to my husband, oh, I want to go take the training. And my husband said, we can't, we can't afford that right now. You know, we're missionaries and we just have to let the Lord work that out. If wow. he really wants you to do this, he'll work it out a different way without us having to incur the cost for that. And so when I was working in Thailand, there was a new family that had just come to the school and I was looking at all of their documentation and the previous testing that they'd had. And the elementary principal and I were going over whether we should accept this child into the school or not if we had the tools to be able to work effectively with these children in this family. And one of the recommendations on their evaluation was interactive metronome as well. And so oh. I was already familiar with what that was. And the elementary principal says, what is that? And so I explained to her what I knew about it. And I said, but there's nowhere in Thailand where this exists. And it would just have to be the Lord to work it out for us to be able to provide this. I'm right. certainly very willing to do the self training and learn about it because I know that it would benefit my son while he's at the school as well. So a few weeks later, I got an anonymous donation to my department for the exact amount wow. that the equipment was going to cost. And I didn't tell this principal how much the cost would be. I looked it up for myself just out of curiosity to know what it would cost to purchase it. And so I felt like that was a sign from God that the provision, the financial provision was there, not yeah. only for the equipment, but for several people to be trained. Yeah. Did you go tell your husband, hey, look, I got a yes? Definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. So we ordered it. And because I was living abroad, did the self-study training and I took the exam over the internet and passed. And then I started working with the students at the school for a number of years. That's great. And then awesome. later, more staff came. And so we had occupational therapist and we had uh, speech and language pathologists and educational therapists. And so a number of us were all trained. And so we had this very long list of students who would qualify for interactive metronome Wow! for various reasons. And so I just sat around with the team and I said, well, this child needs it because of speech and language issues. This child needs it more because of occupational and sensory issues. And this child needs it because of learning disabilities and processing speed issues. And so let's divide and conquer. So sure. I'll take these because that falls under my knowledge base and my training and we'll divide, you know, according to your training. And so we're able to utilize it in many different ways with a lot of different students. And we got great success with them. See, and that all goes back to that collaboration piece that we talked about earlier and treating the whole child and how that all fits together. That's awesome. Yep. What a great story. And then what an impact man that you made with all of those kids and all those professionals and that you're still making. That's fantastic, Debbie. That is awesome. And wow. 
yeah, I don't know that everybody always gets that direct pipeline. Yes. From God, but that man, when it happens, it's like, woohoo, that's fantastic. Yeah. So then your husband started saying, okay, look, Hey, can you get a yes for this thing too? We're a little (laughs) foggy in this area. We're not really sure. So can you, can you pray about this and see if we get something here? That's great. I love that. That's a good story. Well, God did that on many occasions. That was not the only occasion. I'm sure. Yeah. Where a certain type of student would come with a particular disability that I was not as familiar with as I could be. And so the Lord just said, learn this and said, okay, Lord, I'll learn this. And then I'd find out different pieces of equipment, like cutting edge things that would help that particular child. And so I'd say, you know, Lord, this is your child. You've brought them here to this school. Uh And if you want us to utilize this modality for them, I'm happy to learn it and do it. But you have to provide the funding and bam, the money would just come in supernaturally. And I'm like, okay, let's buy this and let's move forward. Wow. Can we have lunch once a week, Debbie, so that I can talk to you? <laughs> Those are awesome. And all the opportunities that the Lord gave you and that you said yes to. And man, what would have happened if you didn't say yes? What a loss for you and everybody else. That's so awesome. I love that. That's fantastic. And all those fantastic opportunities that you were given and you've given other people and the impact. And wow, that is just the best. That's the best. I love it. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I think we've given Interactive Metronome its due. So if people do have questions, if they want to learn more, they go to www.interactivemetronome.com. That's correct. I'm sure there's lots of resources there. There's little videos there that you can watch that show what Interactive Metronome looks like with the clapping and tapping and the tones that you hear in the headphones. And it goes into great deal of depth. So it's a very rich website to check out. So Debbie, besides the Interactive Metronome, where else can they learn more? What is your website? How can they learn more from what you know? My website is www.neuropathways, T as in Tommy, L as in lake.com. Gotcha. And click on the services tab mm-hmm. and then click on interactive metronome. Gotcha. But they can also see other services that you have there as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, then that's a great resource. You can also go to the workingtherapist.com and these resources, these two websites and the highlights from this podcast will be there on the show notes with this podcast. Or you can also check out our website at www.pediatricdt.com and there's a link to the Working Therapist, where again, you can find all this information and the other podcast that Debbie and I did together too, that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So thank you so much, Debbie. I tell you, you are a wealth of info. I appreciate your time today so much. It's a joy and a gift that you're here. So thank you. Thank you so much for thank having you. me. And thanks for sharing this topic. It's something I've been interested in for a very long time and I appreciate you letting me learn more. Thank you. All right. So that's it for this week, everybody. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 